Well, hey, we're starting a, well, actually, the second week of a series called Ghost Stories. And this series is really about trying to kind of de-spookify something that is so vital to a person's walk with God that we've got to talk about it. Like, we've got to really dig into this because I believe that the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, sometimes gets a bad rap. And sometimes we even treat the third person of the Trinity kind of like the crazy uncle that we don't want to come to Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? And so I just want you to know that the Bible teaches very clearly that the Holy Spirit is God's representation on earth right now. In other words, the Bible says that Jesus went to be with God in heaven. Someday he's coming back, which we'll talk about. Someday he's coming back and he will come back. And this time he's not coming to die. This time he's coming back in full victory. He's setting everything right. And so he's going to come back. But in the meantime, he sent the Holy Spirit so that we would have everything that we need to do all that God wants us to be doing. And so I hope that you're excited to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you have any kind of hang-ups about it or, you know, whatever, I just, all I ask from you is you'd have an open mind. Just, just give me a, a chance to share something with you today that I believe is going to help you. And so just give me, give me the next few minutes and just see if you can maybe open yourself up to that possibility. Last week we talked a little bit about the nature of the Holy Spirit and, and we really related it to this idea of wind. Because in the Bible, when you see that, when you see the word that's translated Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, uh, it really means a breath or a wind. Uh, uh, or how about this? A breath of fresh air. Huh? And I don't know about you, but I need a breath of fresh air in my life. Every time I get out of bed, I, I need that so that I can do what God has called me to do. Now, I don't know if you like holidays, but I like holidays. You guys like holidays? Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of you have your favorites, you know, and maybe it's Christmas or maybe it's even Easter, you know. And I love those. And Easter's definitely my one of my favorites, all right? So I love Easter. My wife has helped me love Christmas. Like when I was a kid, I didn't really like Christmas and stuff. And I can tell you that story and all the stuff I went to as a kid. But I'm just saying Christmas wasn't my favorite, all right? But, but, but she's really helped me love Christmas. But I tell you this, one of my other favorite holidays is July 4th. I know some of you are like, what's that about? Are you some kind of American that just wants to talk about America? Well, look, I, I don't know if that's going to offend you or what, but I live here. And so I'm just, you know, I kind of enjoy it. Uh, and I definitely enjoy the fact that we beat up on the British. I mean, come on, that's, that's always funny. I said that because we have someone that lives is from England in the room. I just always want to pick on them. But I love Fourth of July, and man, I I I remember I would throw these elaborate parties at Fourth of July. You know, I I'd even one time I had somebody dress up like Abraham Lincoln, and come and deliver the Gettysburg Address. I mean, it was it was brilliant, right? And I had so many cake uh, uh, fireworks. I mean, I lit the place up. I mean, I thought our neighbors were going to lose their mind. It was, I mean, it was like the whole backyard was on fire. I remember one year that cake started to pop and, uh, and it actually started to turn over. And my audience was like right there. And it, I mean, it was going down. And I like had to slide in there like a superstar and like put my foot on it to pull that cake back so it didn't blow everybody up, you know. Some of you are like, what's a cake? I didn't know. I don't understand. It's a, it's a firework. It's, what, it's the big square ones. That's what, that's what they call those. So 
you're like, what, where's this going? <laughs> you know, in the Bible, they talk a ton about these festivals, holidays. God was all about them. Like he wanted to create a rhythm to our lives. He wanted to create a certain rhythm to the lives of his people, Israel. And so there are a variety of festivals that Israel was asked to do. There are three primary festivals. There's a lot of others, but, but there are three primary festivals. So it kind of like be for the Jewish people, uh, Passover, you know, uh, tabernacles. And then, then, uh, what's the other one? I'm forgetting. Oh, Pentecost. That's us. See, we're Pentecost. We're going to talk about that in a second. Those three would kind of like be their Christmas, their Easter. You know what I mean? And, and the problem is, is that because we're not Jews, we don't understand the Jewish perspective. We don't understand how they see the world. Well, if I start talking about Pentecost or any of those kinds of things or Passover and any of those, they're like, yeah, I know, I know exactly what that's about. Because they practice that in their life, if that makes sense. And so we practice Christmas, and so we don't always understand some of this language. And so what I want to do today is talk about something uh, that, that I think has gotten a bad rap, and it's, it's really the, the festival or the, the word itself of Pentecost. Because, see, what happened is that Pentecost, at Pentecost, there was something that happened with the Holy Spirit. And then you get this word Pentecost and it gets adopted into something or brought into something called like Pentecost, Pentecostals, heard of them? Heard of the Pentecostals? They're out there. You know, maybe you even grew up Pentecostal. I don't know. Maybe you grew up Methodist, Baptist. I don't know. But I just know that there's a whole group that's like, well, we like that. So we're going to call ourselves Pentecostals, right? And so the Methodists, they did things by a certain Methodist or a certain method. So they called themselves Methodists. You, you see what I'm getting at? So, so there's a group of people called Pentecostals. And so I want to do today is de-spookify that a little bit for you. Because I think some of us, when we hear the word Pentecostals, we're kind of a little nervous, you know? You think you got to wear certain things and grow your hair out, or you know, I don't know what your experience was, or maybe you feel like you got to roll around on the ground or bark like a dog, or you know, I don't know. But I just want to try and despookify it because the Bible speaks about it, and we need not dismiss anything that the Scripture tells us we need. I'm just saying, we just all my posture is before God is God. Whatever it is you have here, I want it here. Whatever is in here, I want it here. That's my posture before the Lord, even if I don't understand it. Okay, so we're going to spend a little time on that today. And so I want to talk a little bit about Pentecost. And, but in order to do that, we have to talk about some of these holidays. We got to talk about some of the festivals that the Jews had and why that all connects and how that connects to us today. And so just hold on. All right. Some of you who hate history, you're like, I'm out. But just hang with me, all right? I'll try my best to make it exciting and fun, but you've got to grab hold of this because if you don't understand where this thing came from, it's hard to understand where you got to go and where the connection points are. This will really help you understand why there's an Old Testament and why there's a New Testament. All right, so, so, so can you guys do that for me today? Can you just dig in a little bit? All right, all right. So I, wanted to, I want to start here with Pentecost or Pentecostal, and, and really, it's, it's important you understand that this word, <laughs> it really just means uh, penta is five, okay? Costa is like to the 10th power. So, so what it really says is it's, it's trying to get you to say it means 50. That's it. Are you scared? But you hear Pentecostal, and you're like, oh, geez. But you hear the word 50, you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. 
I like 50, especially if it's in dollar bills. Yeah, I, I mean, I like 50. It's good. So, so don't be scared. Don't be scared of, of 50, all right? And so just so you have that in the back of your mind, we're going to jump in here. But Jesus came not to get rid of everything, but to fulfill everything. That's why he came. He was a part of God's redemptive plan he, from the very beginning. The Bible says that Jesus was with God at creation. So he was already hanging out with God. And so what happens is he shows up in the world at Christmas time. Remember, we celebrate this. He shows up and he has a plan. And his plan is to help us ultimately, but he's going to try. No, he's not going to try. He's going to fulfill the things that have been spoken that God wants to be fulfilled. So let me show you here in, in Matthew 5, verse 17. It says, do not think, this is Jesus speaking, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to I have not come to abolish them, but to what? Fulfill them. So you just need to know that Jesus came to fulfill God's plan. And part of that was connecting the dots for us. Because I think sometimes we don't know where the dots connect. You ever do that as a kid? You know, a little connect the dots? And they didn't even put numbers for you. You go from one to two and three. And, and, and that, so that's what I want to do for you today is connect those dots a little bit. But so the first major holiday that you have to know about in the Jewish tradition is Passover. Perhaps you've heard of Passover. I don't know. But Passover was a festival, a, a time to celebrate something. It was a time to celebrate something God had done on behalf of the Jews. The Jews were in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years. 400 years. And, and, they, and God heard their cry. He heard their cry. And, and the Bible says that he sends a deliverer. And that's where this Moses guy shows up. And so Moses shows up and starts doing his thing because God has a plan. And his plan was to get his people free. Guess what? Same plan for you. Same plan for Israel. It was the same plan. It's always been God's plan. Ever since we messed this thing up, God's plan has always been to help us, to save us, to set us free. And so Passover is about that. And so this angel comes down and if they put lamb's blood on the, on the, on the door, you know, maybe you've heard this or saw the movie or something. And, and so the lamb's blood is, and that meant that the angel of the Lord would pass over that and the people inside that, which would have been the people of God, they, the angel of the Lord would not do anything to them. Is that, and then maybe you've heard of the plagues. All of that was to, there to help the people of God get free. Okay. Now, I want to I draw some parallels for you. And so I want to show you something on a slide. Slide one here is, is the Passover lamb was sacrificed, and this was tradition, okay? Every Passover, the Passover lamb was sacrificed at 9 a.m., okay? So 9 a.m. in the morning, they killed that thing, all right? Is that okay? I said kill that thing. I don't know if I scared some of you. think I'm a murderer. <laughs> Just stick with me, all right? The next one is the lamb was put in the oven at 3 p.m. So they took the dead lamb and they put it in the oven at 3 p.m. So they could cook it, get it ready, prepare it. The next, the sacrifice that this lamb was led to the covering of Israel's sins. Make sense? So that's why they did it. So you, sometimes you wonder why they're killing all the animals. This is one of the reasons. So God was interested in covering over their sins. Well, let me show you something. You fast forward to the New Testament, okay? Fast forward to the New Testament. You see this Passover stuff, right? Fast forward to the New Testament. I'm going to show you the next slide. Is it up? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. 
Next slide is Jesus was sacrificed at 9 a.m. Remember the Passover lamb? It was sacrificed at 9 a.m. always. Next, Jesus was put in the tomb at 3 p.m. Getting this? Sometimes we don't see this stuff. The next is his sacrifice didn't cover over our sins. It removed our sins. That deserves a little 30-second praise break. See, so Jesus, Jesus came and removed the sin that kept us from God. Let me show you. In, in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For Christ, our Passover lamb. He's referred to as the Passover lamb. And in Hebrews, he's not only the Passover lamb, he's also told that he's the high priest all in one. So the high priest that did the sacrifice, all of that, it's all right here. And so Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And so the implication of that Passover, come stay with me, Passover, the implication of that is salvation. So Passover means salvation. It's there that we experience the sacrifice of Jesus that leads to our freedom from what? Sin. Like we are forgiven for our sins and not just forgiven from our sins, we actually can be free from sins. I mean, I believe that. And I don't know if you believe that. I think sometimes we just don't believe it. We're like, nah, you know, not in this life. But why not? Why would God give you something and say, hey, I want you to get free, and then not give you the power to do it. Now, I'm not saying that you aren't going to screw up, because we all screw up. But I just think it's dumb to think that we can't be free. That's God's intent. And so Passover was about my salvation. It was about your salvation. Now, it's important you see this, because uh, what happens sometimes is we take that, and then we hear preachers start adding stuff. Right? We start adding stuff like you got to be good. You know, you got to come to church. You got to read your Bible. You, got, you know, so and all of those things are good things. They help you. You know, they're the more stuff that will help you become more like Jesus. But you've got to get that this thing stands alone. Like there's nothing that's there's no additives to this. You either have it or you don't. And if you have it, there are no other things that you add to it to make it any better. Just in and of itself, it's good. It's great. Nothing needs to be added to it. And God wants you to see that today because some of us are working to make God love us more. And you've got to see this. If you don't figure that out, it's going to mess with you. So you've got to see that Passover stands alone. It stands alone because it doesn't, it leads to my standing before God that I can be saved. And I, I think that's good news. Now, listen to this in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by grace that you've been saved. Did you know it? Through faith, and it is not from yourself. It's not by what you do, anything. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It is very clearly a gift to you, and all God asks is that you would receive it. And the implications of Passover is Jesus dying on a cross to fulfill that. Making sense? All right, so that's the first festival. Next festival, we've got to get to the second. Second holiday is the scary one, Pentecost. It means 50. You scared? 50. 
what, what's the 50? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means today. Because see, Pentecost in the Jewish tradition was when the law, the Ten Commandments, remember this? Ten Commandments were given to Moses at Mount Sinai. And so when the law was given to Moses, that was the day they are remembering on Pentecost. They're remembering that the law of God was given on the Mount Sinai for God's people. So I want to draw some parallels for you, all right? Just like we did with the Passover. Here's a couple ones. So show me the first slide. So what happened is there's a cloud that descended with loud noise and fire. If you read the Bible, it tells you that there was a loud noise and fire. And if you've seen the, the movie Ten Commandments, like Cecil Bill DeMille or whatever his name was, is he like shot a like fireball at the mountain and it was like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe you saw it. So, so there's this loud cloud. A cloud descends with a loud noise and fire. Next, God wrote his law on tablets of stone. Remember? He, he gave them to Moses and said, here, go take these to the people, you know, and, 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 and tell them the law of God. And so that's clear. Well, then after that, 3,000 people died. Why'd they die? Well, because they built, remember this golden calf? God was not cool with that. They were building a golden calf while Moses is on the mountain getting the law of God. I swear, if I came down from the mountain and you guys were building a golden calf, I would be mad. And that's what happened with Moses. He was mad. As a matter of fact, his own sibling or his own relative was the one helping him build it. Oh, it was horrible. So anyway, so God wasn't happy with that. So 3,000 people died that day because of that. Now listen, here's the second slide. The Holy Spirit descended, and the Bible says there was a loud sound, and there was fire. Next, God wrote the law, not on tablets, but the Bible says that he is writing it on our hearts. So it's not just some religious thing that's outside of me. It's, it's actually something that God's trying to get inside of me. And then next, 3,000 people got saved that day. Isn't that kind of cool? I mean, if you're a bit Bible geek, this is like geeking you out all over the place. And so there's like 3,000 people got saved that day. And so Pentecost gets related in the New Testament to something very important, doesn't it? There's something going on at Pentecost that's really important for us to get. I'm going to read just a few passages of Scripture to you in Acts, because I want to show you. I don't want you to think I'm making this junk up. And so here it is. Acts 1, 3 through 5. Listen to this. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And so the book of Acts is talking about Jesus. They're saying that when, when, when things went down, when the cross happened, this whole Passover salvation thing, when that happened, Jesus beat death, right? And then he reveals himself to people, right? Now, so he's, he's providing these convincing proofs. And I don't know what other proofs you need when he shows up. You're like, oh, yeah, there it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's like Thomas is like, can I touch it? You know, can I put my finger there just to make sure that you're real? Right, but, but I just seen you know, him. I'd be like, "That's pretty cool." Especially at that time, they didn't even have holograms. You know, that would have been real. <laughs> so he appeared to them over a period of forty days. The Bible says forty days. Get that word. You're like, "Well, that's forty. That's not fifty, Pastor." Hold on. So forty days, 
He was appearing to his disciples after, after he was resurrected. And he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised. Now, the waiting is the 10. All right? Get it? So there was 40. The waiting was 10. So now you got 50. Getting it? All right. So, so, so they were waiting for the gift, and the gift was a promised gift. It was a promised gift that when Jesus did this, this other stuff was coming. And the other stuff that was coming wasn't stuff at all. It was a person. And that person is the third person of the Trinity. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the breath of fresh air. That's the Holy Ghost or whatever you want to say. That's what it's about. Now, why is that important? Well, look, Acts 1.8. Actually, hold on before I get to that. Stay, stay with that. Go back to... Uh, Yeah, to the end of the last passage. Listen to this before I move forward. So Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So Jesus is saying, you've heard me speak about this guy. He's coming. Then watch this. It says, for for John baptized with water. Remember John baptizing? John the Baptist would come and he would baptize people with water. But in a few days, 10 days, in a few days, 10 days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this was something that God was doing. And if you reject it outright because of your experience, you are rejecting something God wants to give you. I just don't think that's a good idea. Because everything God wants to give us is good. So, so he, listen to why, though, in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power, okay? And the reason I say power is because it's actually dynamite power. Like the word itself is dunamis, and it has this... Power. Like, you got to say it. Say it with me, people. Power. Like, you got to have that explosiveness so that you understand what the word's saying. Because you can't be reading that like, you know, and the Holy Spirit came along and he'll give you some power. <laughs> no, you got to get that. You got to understand that this is power because why is that important? Well, it's pretty clear to me, but, but, but when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will not only receive power, but you will be my witnesses. In other words, you not only get power, but you have a job to do. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And he's like, wow, God has given me a job. I am called to reach this city. I am called to reach St. Louis. I am called to reach Missouri. I'm called to reach our nation. I'm called to reach the outer places of the world. That's my job. That's what it means to be a witness. Now, how about this? When I say that to you, you might think, well, I can't do that. Well, that's why you need the power. That's why you need the power. If you ever want to conquer sin in your life, you need power. If you're ever going to fulfill God's mission in the world, you've got to get power. And that's what Pentecost is about. Pentecost isn't just about some people acting kind of crazy. Pentecost is about receiving the power to make a difference. It gives you everything that you need to be able to make a difference. And when we associate it with just the crazy things, and it, it, it keeps us from what God wants. You get that. And then it's like the double dumb thing that I've talked about before is that we let somebody's activity keep us from the power that God wants to give us. So just because someone's acting weird doesn't mean you shouldn't move towards it. 
Because again, I've said this, God is not weird. People are. You are weird sometimes. I'm weird sometimes. But, but see the point? It's not about what, it's not about that. It's that do I have this in my life? Do I have the power to do what God has called me to do? And if you don't, God says he can do something about that. Because see, God wants to give you the power to make a difference. God wants to see you make a difference in this world with no excuses. Because you don't have any excuses anymore. Because you have the power. Do you get that? That's so good. Like all the excuses we have, you know, because you guys have a lot of them. I've heard them. Like, Pastor, when I say to you, hey, can you do this? You're like, well, you know, I just don't think I can. I'm not smart enough. Or, you know, I've never prayed out loud, Pastor. I just don't think I can do it. Double dumb. Why is that double dumb? Because you have the power. And if you don't, I'm going to help you get it so that you can do what God has called you to do. There is nothing in this world you can't overcome. There is nothing, nothing in your past you can't overcome. There is no habitual sin you can't overcome. There is no relationship of baggage you can't overcome. All of those things have to bow the knee to a victorious Christ. That's it. So good. Woo! That's my country coming out right there. So here's the, here's the third one. Tabernacle is the third festival, the festival of tabernacle. So we've talked about what? We've talked about Passover being salvation. We've talked about Pentecost, right? Giving you power to make a difference. And then finally, the third festival is tabernacle, tabernacles. And, uh, and I'll show you this on, with the slides, all right? So tabernacles was the festival, but here's what you got to see. The people of Israel, they were wandering and living in temporary huts. Like, remember, they left Israel, they went into the desert, and they stayed there for 40 years, partly because they screwed up. And so they were hanging out in the desert, and God was trying to get that slave mentality out of them because they were doing all kinds of dumb things. And they had this slave, they were free physically, but they had a slave mentality that were keeping them from all God's promises. And guess what? I see that in you sometimes. I see that in me sometimes. Is I can be saved, but not free. God wants me free. And so they're, they're wandering around in the desert. They're wandering around in the desert and, and, and they're living in these temporary huts. Next is they were brought to their final home because that was, remember this is Jerusalem and, and Israel. So God brings them through the desert and gets them to their final home. Next is they celebrated it during the harvest season. So when the harvest was, you know, happening, that's when they celebrated tabernacles. Make sense? Next slide. So we're fast forward to the New Testament. We are living on, on this temporary earth, the Bible says. The Bible says that you live in a temporary container, that you're like an alien and you're living on this planet, but you don't belong to the planet because the, God has a better place for you. Make sense? That's what Paul writes. And then the next... So, so, so we live in on, on a temporary earth. We will be brought to our final home when heaven comes to earth, which I don't have time to talk about, but, but you know, just check it out. There's a book called Heaven uh, by Randy Alcorn if you're interested, so go pick that up. But the next is there will be a, 
great final harvest of people. Remember when I said that Jesus was coming back? That's it. That's the only part that hasn't been fulfilled yet. Everything else has been fulfilled through Jesus. The only thing that hasn't is when he comes back. So they celebrated during the harvest all that God did. And the peace that you have to see with tabernacle is it's the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ is for you to understand is that someday God is going to make things right. Guys, I've said this before, but I don't ever want to believe in a God that isn't just. Because there is a lot of injustice in this world. But the thing that the Bible tells me is that this temporary experience I'm experiencing will one day experience a God, Jesus, on a white horse. And he's not coming back all meek and mild. You know what I'm saying? This time he's coming back with a sword. And he's making things right. I love that about my God. I love that someday God's going to make everything right. All the pain that I've experienced, all the things that people have experienced, all the suffering we see in the world, all the brokenness, all the injustice and racism and all the things. God says that he's going to make it right. And I say that's good news. And so tabernacle is about the second coming of Jesus. And so we've got to get that because I don't know if you get that. Here's an interesting fact. In the last 17 years, well, 17, 18, 19, 19 years. Let's go with 19 years. Get this. This is so powerful. In the last 19 years, there have been more people saved in that 19 years than there were people saved in the previous 2,000 years before. So, yeah, I know, you're excited about that, and that's really good, but here's the thing. What that says to you, in my mind, what that says to you is that there's a great harvest happening. In other words, the increase of salvation should communicate to us that I believe we're getting closer, that we're getting closer to Jesus coming back. I don't care if you believe that with me. I'm just telling you that's what I think. But, but I think it's important we see the increase of salvations because, again, it's a great harvest. That there's a great harvest coming. Okay, what time is it? Jeez. I can't see. All right, I got, oh, we got to speed up, y'all. Is that okay? You guys are getting this, right? It's making sense? All right, I'm going to wrap it up for you. I'm going to wrap it up for you because we've got to grab a hold of this Pentecost. We've got to grab a hold of the power. And that's what this entire series is about, is that you would not live a powerless life. I don't want you to live a powerless life. And so in Acts 2, 12, it says, amazed and perplexed as they saw what happened at Pentecost, it says they say, well, what does this mean? <laughs> Isn't that good? They're like seeing all the kinds of crazy stuff. You know, things are shaking and there's fire and people are speaking in unknown languages and, and people are getting saved and they just say, you know, I wonder what all this means. Well, let me tell you what it all means because this is how it affects you today is you need the breath of fresh air in your life. You need the Holy Spirit, but you need power. And God wants to give it to you. And so number one, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. I can be free. I can live righteously before God who loves me. And then why this is important is because some of you have been trying and trying and trying for a really long time. You can't get free. That thing that keeps dogging you. And I'm just telling you, the only way you're getting free is not by your own effort. You're not getting free because of your behavior modification. 
You're not even getting free because you go to a counselor. And all of those things can be good. The freedom comes from the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you've got to understand that. God wants to free you. And so God gives you the desire. That's a, let me read this scripture. God gives you actually the, the desire. Because you ever felt like you didn't want to be free? Like you're just tired? Like I'm just, I'm just tired of trying. You know, like I, it's too hard. You ever felt that way? It's too hard. Listen to this. In Romans 8, 9, it says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, if the Spirit of God lives in you, you are not controlled by the sinful nature. You are controlled by the power of God. And so what that's saying is that you can live free. God wants to help you live free. You know what else He wants you to do? He wants to help you discern how to make decisions. Because some of us are making decisions. And we don't know what to do. Listen to this in Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ear will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I love that. I love that God didn't leave me wondering, oh, what am I supposed to do today, God? He's, he, he is going to tell you what to do. The Spirit of God is going to be talking to you. I love that. And so, so, so God's Spirit enables me to live righteously, it's not intended that I would live in fear or spookiness or any of that stuff. Number two, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. Supernaturally. You were intended to live supernaturally. Jesus did it. And you're like, but me too? Yeah, you too. Because the Bible says you'll do greater things than Jesus. Well, how in the world do you do greater things than Jesus? Holy Spirit. Power. That's it. It's simple, right? You're getting this. Simple. And it's not there to freak us out. It's not there to scare us. It's there to help us to see that God is still in the business of changing lives. God is still in the business of healing people. God is still in the business of miracles. I don't know about you, but I want to see some miracles. And so God is very clearly saying this stuff can happen now. And we let our scientific mind and our reason get in the way of that possibility because we live in the natural and yet God calls us to be supernatural. Woo I'll show you. You think I'm lying? Listen. Acts, 8, Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus Christ with what? The Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. What's that saying? Well, the Bible is very clearly saying that Jesus didn't go around doing that stuff until he had the power. He's trying to show us that the power, once it came on him, he's doing all this stuff. And so, so he's walking around, healing the sick, helping the hurting, uh, casting out demons, all that stuff. You go casting out demons or praying for the sick to be healed with no power, you're in trouble. And so you've got to get a hold of that. Jesus wants us to see that the power is there. And so we've got to take these steps in our life so that we can see it. Listen, in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5, my message and my preaching were not with wise and pervasive words or persuasive words. So he's not up here just like, like right now, I'm doing some reason on you and I'm like trying to convince you to believe what I'm believing right now. You know, Jesus didn't even have to do that. You know what he did? He walked up on stage and said, hey, come here, come here, leper. Bow. And everybody went, huh. That's what he said. Look, watch. 
He says, my, my preaching and my messages were not with wise and persuasive words, but it was with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. That's what miracles are for. Miracles are not for your glory. Miracles are for God's glory. And when they happen, we should be like this. That's what we should do. That's what miracles are for. They're there to help us point to a God that is able, that's more than able to do supernatural things in the natural world. And so we need the supernatural in our life and the Spirit of God can give it to us. Number three, and then I'm done. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. Remember earlier I was talking about that you've got to get the power in order to do all that God wants you to do. He's got a job for you. You're supposed to be witnesses in the world. Well, this is what he's talking about, is that I have a mission to do. God has a plan for my life. We are not a church that is just about helping you with your issues. I'm all about helping you with your issues. I've got programs and Bible verses and all kinds of things to help you with the stuff you struggle with. But we also are a church that is about the mission of God. We are a church that's committed to seeing people get healed. We're a church that's committed to seeing people get free. We're a church uh, that, that wants to see these great, this great power of God released in the world. We're a church that's committed to seeing churches planted. We're a church that's committed to seeing women and, and men that are broken in sex trafficking. We want to do something about that, don't you? As we look at the justice and injustice, we're about, we're about getting men out of gangs. We're about building clinics in El Salvador because we want to see God's power released in the world and we want to see the mission of God go forth from this place. I hope that's something that you want and the only way we get there is through the power of the Holy Spirit because if we go on mission without that, we are going to get our butts handed to us. We need God's power. Oh, I'm, I'm getting tired, guys, I promise. I'll read this last verse. I want to read it to you. First, First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.5 Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Guys, God wants you to experience that in your life. And over the next two weeks... I'm going to be talking about how you get it. I've been talking about who it is, right? Who the Holy Spirit is. I've been talking about the power you need it. And so the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about the gifts. We're going to be talking about how that all plays out in our life. And you're like, are you really going to talk about it? I'm like, yeah, we're really going to talk about it. Because some of you are like, you're going to talk about the thing? I'm like, yeah, we're going to talk about the thing. And you're like, what is the thing? Well, you're going to have to come back and find out, I guess. <laughs> next three, four weeks. Come on, it's going to be good. Hope you can come. Last part, uh, the Holy Spirit is here not to create a subclass or a greater class of people. And, and, and I'll tell you this, the devil has done damage to the kingdom of God because people who have the Holy Spirit have been full of pride at times. And they've lived in such a way that it's caused other people to feel that they're less than. And my friends, that's called pride. The Bible calls it sin. 
and it has no place in the kingdom of God. But that should never be a reason for me not to take hold of a promise that God wants to give me. And I believe 100%, I've already showed you in the Bible, that God wants to give you the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. All the gifts that He wants to give you, He has for you. And the question is, is do you want them? Are you willing to be open to the possibility that God wants to give you everything? I, I hope you are. Because as we get to the end of this series, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I just share this last thought. It's on the screen. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. It makes me better than me. It makes me be able to accomplish what God wants me to do. It actually gives me the power to love you even when you're not lovable. It gives me the power to love people who are full of pride. And sometimes I don't want to do that. God gives us the power. And I hope you want it. Let's pray, guys. God, I thank you so much that you are a God who wants to give us the things we need. You have promises for us. And Lord, right now, just honestly, before you, I want everything that you want to give me. And I hope you do as well. I hope you do. And so I encourage you to come back over the next couple of weeks because I believe God's going to move in a very powerful way. But I want to go back to Pentecost for just a moment. Talked a lot about power. But you know, you can't get power without the cross. And so Passover, salvation, all that, we, we can't speed past that. Because if you try to get power without the presence of God, it's not going to work. And so the Bible says that Jesus Christ came into this world, went to a cross, died for our sins, so that we could be restored back to God. And here's, the, here's this, the simple question I have for you today. Have you resolved that in your life? Do you know that you know that you're saved? That you will go to heaven when you die? And if you don't, well, why not say yes today? God wants to give it to you. And the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that He'll come in and He'll save you. And that's one of the reasons I ask you to take just a little bit of a step. Okay? And the step I want to ask you to take on the count of three, if that's you, if you're like, man, I, I, I need that. I need to be saved today. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. And I'm going to pray a prayer with you because the Bible says you've got to confess. So I want to I lead you in a prayer. Nobody is going to do that alone. We're all doing that together. And so right now on the count of three, go ahead and just lift your hand up if that's you. One, two, three. Go ahead. Just lift it up now. Go ahead. Good. Okay, church, we're all going to pray together this morning. Nobody's praying alone. And so I want you to repeat this prayer. If this is something you want to pray, just pray it with us. Lord Jesus, I need you. I recognize that my sin has separated me from you. But you're my savior. I accept you today. Forgive me of my sins. Free me from sin. Empower me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? It's so good.